welcome to Ghostwriter. I'm your host, Corinne Prevost, and today we're going to go over a bunch of businesses. I got a message from one of our listeners, Jenny P. in Laguna Beach, and she was talking about all these different housewife businesses and if they exist anymore. And I was like, okay, I will sit down and research every single one of them and we'll see where they all are. So here we go. First up is The Gorgas had the Italian restaurant called Gorgas Homemade. If you guys remember, it was a whole thing where Melissa wanted to focus on her boutique Envy and the brother and sister duo, Teresa and Joe, wanted her to like hostess or wait tables at this like little strip mall odd pizza place. So I looked it up on Yelp. Gorga's Homemade had 2.5 stars. They closed after one year. And it seemed that Joe had 50% ownership. There was another investor that he kind of lent the family name and the pictures and the likeness to them. And I guess like he was just not in agreement with the way they were running the business. They were putting it on Groupon. And Joe's lawyer sent a cease and desist to the other owners to take down all their pictures and take down their name off the marquee. And I guess Joe was more of a silent partner, and it was more of a verbal deal. It wasn't really, uh, there were not official contracts. And then she also asked about his document shredding business, which I cannot find any anything relating to his document shredding business. I don't know if that was just for the show, if it was fake. He had said he put like over a million dollars into it, which no one understood because a truck and a shredding machine shouldn't really cost a million dollars, but who knows? So I think that went away. But if you really want to get dig deep, there is a blog that someone has, I guess, anonymously created called Fame Horgas, W-H-O-R-G-A-S, famehorgas.wordpress.com that has uh, all just completely focused on the Gorga family and uh, unfavorable information. Someone has it really, really out for them. And I guess I forgot about this, but Jay Moore used to blog about Rojas of New Jersey. And Jay Moore and Melissa Gorga used to go at it with each other about whatever, all Jay's snarky blogs. Okay, Blackwater. So Blackwater still exists. I know I've seen on some of the blogs and stuff people saying, oh, I found a bottle at Marshall's or I found a bottle at TJ Maxx in the clearance bin or something, but I went on Amazon. You can buy it. They do have a website up. I know that they got hit with a lawsuit because they someone said that Blackwater was their idea and that the Loritas had stolen it from them. And I know that the Loritas are in a lot of financial issues and were having some kind of fire sale selling all their furniture. And I believe their house as they were dealing with some bankruptcies. And if you remember when uh, Jacqueline Lorita was asking, questioning Teresa about her lawsuits, she, uh, Teresa was like, well, aren't you going bankrupt too? And Jacqueline's like, no, the business is going bankrupt, not us personally. There's a difference. So I think, you know, karma always just comes back to bite you in the ass. So I think now Jacqueline is, and Chris Lorita are personally going through a bankruptcy. Okay, so the Blackwater still exists. Whether or not the Loritas or the Manzos are involved with it, I don't know. If you look on their Instagrams, especially the Manzo Boys Instagrams, I'm not seeing anything about Blackwater on there. So I have no idea. And I have no idea what their stake in the company. I mean, they might have like a 2% stake or something. So it's just not their main breadwinner. Okay, speaking of the Manzo Boys, I reached out to them to ask them if they still own the restaurants in Hoboken. Neither have gotten back to me, shockingly. Um, so little town social was the first restaurant that we saw that they opened on the show in Hoboken. That was super cute. That is 
currently closed. Now there's this chain of restaurants all called the Ainsworth, and I've been to the one in New York. It's cool. It's kind of like an upscale um, fraternity bar. I mean, that's I mean, it's a place that you would have like a birthday party when you're 25 years old and live in New York City. How about that? So they don't, they're not anywhere on the website, but they're, the Ainsworth, the name comes up a few times when you Google articles. So I don't know. I don't know if they're involved in any restaurants. They're not really showing that they're owners of restaurants on their Instagrams. So if it's not on Instagram, then, you know, it did not happen. Okay, curtains, cuffs. Of all the dark horse businesses that are still in business. Curtains Cuffs is still in business. It's alive and well. The website is up. You can buy stuff from the website. She was recently on the podcast, uh, Kate Casey's podcast, Reality Life, and she did a really interesting interview with Lynn Curtin. And uh, I go to Renaissance Club Gym in Aliso Viejo. And I've seen Lynn is also a member. I haven't seen her in a while, but she used to sell, they have these days where they let people sell things like in the lobby. And I've seen Lynn Curtin selling her wares there two or three times, just sitting there by herself. No one is buying these cuffs. They're very expensive. So anyway, but that is a business that still exists, which is pretty shocking. Okay. Heather Dubrow, Colette Champagne, fake champagne, because it's not made in France. So... Apparently, it was a collaboration with the Bello family vineyards. So I think it was more of her lending her name or her daughter's name and her celebrity to it. So I'm, I don't know that it was a 50-50 partnership. It's a little confusing. Um, so I tried to see if you could buy it directly from them. And it seems like the last year that this was available was 2016. Then I went on their Instagram for the Bello family vineyards because I didn't really see anything about Colette on her Instagram. And then under the Bello family vineyards, I guess they're in some kind of huge lawsuit. So people were like, oh, are, do you not have Colette anymore because, because of the lawsuits? Is it not in production? Blah, blah, blah. A million people asking, where is Colette? Where is Colette? Where is Colette? Typically on a business page, when people are like, I want to spend money and buy a product, where is it? The person running the page is like, oh, here's a link. Let me call you. Let me, you know. They, they want to answer that immediately because that's how you make money. But no one is answering them. It's just a ghost town in there. I mean, just take the Colette down, the, web, the Instagram down, I think, if, you, if it hasn't been made since 2016. Also, if you remember, Heather had the press here for Champagne Button in her new home and all that, and all she had was Vuv, 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 and more Vuv, completely stocked with Vuv Clicquot. So you'd think that you would at least try to stock your own brand. And, you know, she's no skinny girl. She's no Bethany Frankel pushing her skinny girl every chance she gets. Okay. Every Hue Makeup by Giselle. Now, I was wondering about this because it was a pretty new product. I think she just started it like two years ago. But I know she said it was going to be at Target. And I'm just surprised that she doesn't seem to be talking about it a lot this season. I guess they did go to that one... Uh, conference or what is it called? Uh, what is it called when you go to a big conference center and everyone has their a booth with their wares, like convention? So with uh, Karen. But yes, so you can buy it on Target.com. Now she's acting like this is such a revolutionary idea, but we all know Rihanna's makeup line Fenty is 
such, such high quality. They sell it at Sephora. She had this idea first of coming up with all the shades. And then there's there's been a lot of people that have had this idea of expanding the colors and the shades that are available of makeup. I mean, MAC has done it. Iman has done it with her makeup line. So every time someone does it, they act like they're the first person on earth to come up with this concept. But Rihanna just did it better because the makeup is so high quality. She is a cultural icon. People love her. And when you get a deal with Sephora and you're smack dab in the middle of Sephora and you have this beautiful packaging with innovative products and it's a complete product line, not just a foundation. I mean, she kills it. They say that she's like on track to be a billionaire. Okay. So every hue, the packaging looks pretty shoddy and cheap and you can get it on target.com. Maybe I'll order some because it's so cheap and I'll let you guys know how it goes. This podcast is just like a way for me to spend more and more and more money. Okay, so Gretchen Christine makeup. So I went on her website. So she does have some nail polish for sale, but it's not her own brand. It's a collaboration with a company called Twyla True, and that stuff is on sale. So if you want to get some there, so it's like you buy four nail polishes, like a little nail polish kit or set, I guess. So her makeup artist partner and her came up with Gretchen Christine Butte together, but it was first her makeup artist said, oh, I'm going to come out with a line of makeup called Wink. And then Gretchen's like, well, why don't we work together on it and do like a 50-50 split since I'm on the show, I, you know, I have followers, I'm kind of famous, and then we can both make more money than you would if you just did Wink. Okay, so her makeup artist says, all right, they end up calling it Gretchen Christine Butte. They each put $5,000 into an account and, you know, use that shared account as their, you know, pot of money for whatever expenses may come up. And then basically, um, it's just the makeup artist, I guess Gretchen emptied out that account and went behind her back to, hey, I'm recording right now. Can I call you back in one minute? That was Alex. She's supposed to be on the podcast. Okay. So um, where are we? Gretchen. So the makeup artist basically said that she was just trying to cut. Slade and Gretchen were trying to cut the makeup artist out of the deal and go behind her back and use her lines, uh, her connections to further the makeup line without her. So fraudulent conspiracy is what they... um, tried to accuse Gretchen of. So I'm not sure if that's still in court or where that court case is at this point, but good news. Her handbags, Gretchen Christine handbags are still for sale. Okay. Jules Weinstein, modern alchemy. This is the girl who was half Japanese, half Asian and wouldn't shut up about it. Being half Japanese and half Asian is, or not, I said half Japanese, half Asian. Oh my God. Half Jewish and half Japanese, half Jewish and half Japanese. Okay. That is an interesting factoid about you, but it's not in place of a personality. And I think that's what she was trying to use it for. And it's, it's just not enough, you know? So Jules Weinstein, Modern Alchemy. It was like a little, one of those little drinks, like little beverage things that's supposed to be like a healthy tonic. So she says that it's sold at Whole Foods. The website is up. It looks gorgeous. So I went to Whole Foods and tried to buy it from their site directly. Not possible. It says it's empty. Turns up the search turned up empty. Hit the buy now button on her website. It doesn't work. So I have no idea the where it is. She needs to update her website because that shit ain't at Whole Foods. And if you have a website for a product and you're not selling the product on the website, then just go ahead and shut down the website. Right? What's the point? 
Okay, Not for Lazy Moms by Monique Samuels, which we really haven't heard anything about that from her lately. So basically, Not for Lazy Moms is just a blog about being a mom. And the blog seems to be written by a lot of other people that are not Monique Samuels. And then the shop button was that she sells Young Living Essential Oil Kits, which is a multi-level marketing. So hard pass. Okay, Sonia and her toaster oven. Sonia never came out with a toaster oven, we know, which is fine, but why wouldn't she do the recipe book, the cookbook? I mean, why is there not a Sonia Morgan book? I want to know the story of her life. I want to see her recipes. I want Sonia Morgan entertaining tips. I mean, who else is going to give us hot tips like, you know, when your Chanel gets scuffed up, you just get a black Sharpie and you fill in the Chanel. I mean, she really has some, you know, don't have curtains, no problem. If you're a garbage person, you'll just hang up a regular towel. But if you are Sonia Morgan and you have elegance in class, then you'll hang up a monogram towel with duct tape. You see, that kind of flair for living, we don't get that from everyone. So she just has a lot to share with the world, and I really wish she would come out with a book. Anyway, so her clothes are the main thing that she is selling. So as you guys have probably heard, well, she has her shoe collection, and that is what French Soul. So that's a collaboration. So that is actually real legit and great. The clothes look so cute on her website, and then when she wears them, they seem to be like really cute, nice clothes. But what happens is that someone found the pictures of the clothes at Target, and they even have the exact same model. So she's not even buying the clothes and doing her own photo shoot. So she's selling some items that are $40 and Target.com and selling them on Sonia by SoniaMorgan.com for like $80, $90, $100. So people reached out to her on Twitter as they do to touch base with her on this problem. And she says, "Um, I use the same manufacturer, hello. Okay, well, that is a problem because why are we going to pay double or triple the amount for a Target quality item? And I thought the whole point is that you're designing the clothes and you're not designing the clothes if they're also being manufactured for Target. So you're just buying bulk product that is probably what's left over that Target didn't end up needing or maybe returned or who, who the hell knows. And then you're using that as your line. So very fraudulent. I don't know. But her when her line first came out, it was all about like very high-end clothing. All the clothes, the price point was like 500 to to 1000 Because I remember on Bitch Sesh, they went and bought the uh, jumpsuits and the jumpsuits were so expensive and not of great quality, they said. All right, Jill Zarin. Jill Zarin has her own line of rugs that are super cute and super affordable and really modern. I love them. They are sold at Wayfair and Home Depot and they kind of range from 100 to $400. It seems like she's running Zarin Fabrics as well, or I'm sure there's other people on the team doing that, but okay. Southern Charm. Let's see. Gentry Bourbon. The website is up. A bottle of Gentry Bourbon will run you $53.99. So it seems to be sold at a few local Charleston liquor stores and served at a few Charleston restaurants, and then you can order it and have it shipped to your home. But I do not think there's been a national rollout on this. Now, if you guys remember, right after, in the, in, the, in the midst of the Me Too movement, we know all the stuff that happened with Thomas Ravenel, with several different people accusing him of sexual assault. So then next up was JD got accused of sexual assault. He got accused of drugging and assaulting someone in 2017. And the woman um, said that he raped and sodomized. She woke up from the drugging and he had raped and sodomized her. Then... Plot twist, the accuser was arrested for making a false report 
And then JD was arrested for writing a bad check for $875. It had insufficient funds. So I don't really know. Can't make heads or tails of this. I don't know what ended up happening with the sexual assault case. If one of you super sleuths can try to figure it out, I don't know if it ended up that the woman was actually lying or not lying or what happened. But I guess the police seemed to be the ones that accused her of lying, and I'm not sure what evidence they had of that. But anyway, okay. It's When you hang out with Thomas Ravenel and then someone accuses you of something like that, people just tend to believe it. Kim Zolziak and her wig line, I don't know if you guys remember that she, I guess, was going to come out with a line of wigs, was starting to come out with a line of wigs. I cannot find any evidence of these wigs. I think that was just, whatever, it just didn't come to fruition. Uh, what she is selling is her cashmere body lotions and scrubs, which I have not used. They're pretty overpriced, but I've heard that they're actually really great and work really well and have a great scent to them. And then if you guys remember Lily from Shaws of Sunset, she was on Lily. Uh, she came out well out with Lily's lashes and she did like celeb collaborations with different reality stars. So Kim came out with like her her version of the, you know, the lashes. So she does have those for sale. And it seems like you can buy some of her products on Amazon and at Sally Beauty Supply. Okay. Actually, I don't know if that's right. Maybe it is. Okay. Heather Thompson, Yummy Tummy. Yummy Tummy is alive and well. You can buy it online. You can buy it at Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. I will say the thing, and it's like a direct competitor to Spanx, but Spanx is just way more well-known, and Sarah Blakely, the inventor of Spanx, is a shark often on Shark Tank. The Spanx just has, like, better styles, more fun styles, and they have more clothes. They're making clothes that are actually cute clothes that you can wear out in public, out in the world. So, you know, the the yummy tummy designs, just they're not as fun as the Spanx. I just think the Spanx is a better quality. I did try a yummy tummy, like, stomach minimizer type thing when I was working at a magazine in New York at Time Out New York because we were reviewing um, whatever compression garments or whatever they're called shapewear and I will say like you know it's just they work at first and then they just start rolling up on you sometimes the shapewear depending especially the tops like the compression tank tops I feel like they end up making you look fatter than you were in the first place but anyway I definitely prefer Spanx to Yummy Tummy okay and last but certainly not least Simon Barney with his tequila brand. So the website doesn't work anymore and I cannot find any trace of this tequila. So I'm going to assume that he went back to Fletcher Jones to sell some more cars. So actually, I have no idea where he works now, but I do know that I, this tequila does not seem to exist. Okay. So I also am going to do a quick recap of Real Housewives of Potomac. So the rainbow party looked absolutely gorgeous. I'm curious, does Gazelle own her house? I feel like this is the second, if not third house we've seen her in since Real Housewives of Potomac has begun. Okay, doves being released at the party. Where do the doves go? Do they come back? How much does this cost? Are the doves trained? I, I feel like I just need a lot more information. Is this, do doves, is that their natural habitat, Potomac, Maryland? Are they just... Where do where are doves from? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm concerned about these doves. I don't feel like this is a PETA-approved thing. Do they like being squashed in a box together until they're released? I, I don't think they do. Okay. I loved Ashley's beautiful rainbow dress. I think it was like a two-piece kit. And 
let's be honest here, guys. Monique Samuels' mother-in-law is is a queen. I mean, she's really giving Candace's mother a run for her money on, like, the most evil mother on the show. So when she goes to greet Ashley and Michael Darby, she says, I don't let nobody shake my hand. Okay, then. And um, Michael Darby, for some reason, for this party, his wife is all dressed up, but he has decided to wear shorts and, like, a skin-tight shirt of that material that is like what you wear when if you've ever been on like a dance team like that slinky black skin unforgiving black material there's um that catalog that sells like mesh shirts for men it's called like international men or international male or something and it seems like something right out of that catalog it's very sexy wear for men i think it is typically a gay men shop on this website or this uh catalog okay um, she doesn't like, the mother-in-law does not like the smell of alcohol. And she says, when they ask her if she wants a drink, she says, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink. So I think she's insinuating anyone that drinks is an alcoholic, or she's just trying to throw shade at her daughter-in-law who we remember last season prior to becoming pregnant, crashed her car into a tree after having a three martini lunch, either two or four martinis, right? Depending who you ask, Ashley or Monique. Um, Monique's mother-in-law is a reality star. I'm glad she's back in the picture. We need more of her. I want her to move in with Monique, and we'll just... That's its own spinoff show right there, is just Living Samuels. Okay, Monique's husband saying, it's not like we have a bunch of crackheads in the family stealing TVs. We don't have that. W what kind of left turn was he making there? Because we don't have crackheads in our family stealing TVs, then we should all get along? Is that the bar? I mean, I also don't have crackheads in my family stealing TVs, thank God. Uh, but does that mean that we have to get along with people even when they give us shady comments? So listen, I don't believe for one second that the Holy Ghost has come over and help, helped her mother-in-law. I think she's going to be back with her snarky comments, and I'm very excited about that. Michael creeps me out. Everything about his vibe just I find very creepy, disingenuous. We find out this episode that Ashley was pregnant at 19 years old, but then she says she miscarried then at 19 years old. Okay. So she said she was planning on having an abortion, but she ended up miscarrying and was sad about the miscarriage. Okay. So it kind of confused me because then she said, now that I had a miscarriage and I'm having trouble getting pregnant, it makes me feel bad or guilty about the fact that I got pregnant when I was 19. But I could understand if she's saying that she got pregnant at 19, had an abortion, and now she feels guilty, but it seems like she's, it sounds like she's, if she has something wrong with her reproductive system, it sounds like she's had that problem since she was 19. So I was very confused because she didn't have an abortion. She had a miscarriage. So I, I couldn't really make heads or tails of what she was saying there. A little bit confusing. Okay. Giselle is messy bringing up the sexual things Candace has told her about Chris. Why? I mean, girls just are girls. We like to get drunk. We like to sit on the floor in the hotel room, drink wine, and talk all kinds of garbage. You don't go to someone's husband and then say, ooh, they told me this and this and this about what you do in the bedroom. That is, like, so messy. And she would be so upset if someone did that to Sherman. That is too much. Okay. Candace says, I don't buy it. I'm not purchasing merchandise, which I loved. And she said that in reference to Ashley so I, I don't understand exactly what she means. She doesn't buy that Ashley had an actual miscarriage or she doesn't buy that Ashley is actually trying to get pregnant. 
I mean, accusing someone of lying about a miscarriage is that's 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 a lot. So hopefully she's saying that about getting pregnant. I'm not sure, but Candace does seem very fixated on Ashley and her potential pregnancy more than she needs to be. Did you guys see when Candace raised her hand and she had the worst white deodorant underneath there? When you're filming, you need clear deodorant, okay? I use a secret clear every day with tons of metal in it. I don't care. I can't use a crystal for what I'm working with. Um, but she had a ton of white rolly, rolly deodorant under there, and it was it was not great. I didn't even know anyone used white deodorant anymore. I just thought that was like out of style. Okay, Monique thinks Katie's a slave. I'm so confused. It didn't feel, that's not what I got from what Monique said. What I took from it was that she used to be like this prim and proper socialite type of person. And now she seems to have a more hippie spiritual vibe. And I thought she meant like free, like she's a free spirit, not free from slavery. I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood that. I would love some, uh, clarification on that. I found it very confusing. It seems like we have a lot in store for upcoming on Potomac. And why is no one bringing up the fact that Michael said that he wanted to perform fellatio on one of the husbands? And why is no one saying which husband it is? It seems like they're saving this information and saving this information, but for what? I mean, I know it eventually comes out, but I really want to talk about, I can't wait till we get to the part where he apparently grabbed the bum bum of some one of the camera operators, which I think is a male, and they filed charges against him for grabbing them. I cannot wait to find out more about that. I cannot wait to see what Michael and Ashley both have to say about that and also about him allegedly saying this. Or I don't know if it's alleged. I think he was on mic and he said it and we heard it. So we have a lot to look forward to for Potomac. For the next episode, which I'll hopefully get up earlier this or later this week, is the last part of Denise Richards, The Real Girl Next Door, and it covers the Richie Sambora years and just kind of wrap that book up. And then next up, I believe, because I'm packing, guys, I'm moving on Monday. So the next book will be Kyle Richards. I left that one out to not pack it. And then uh, Renovation will probably be following that one. All right, guys, have a beautiful Monday. Bye-bye.